Hi. Hello. I'm Alexis Hyde. I'm Erica Wong. And this is Hide or Practice. This week, y'all, she comes, she's calling us from San Diego, although she's a fresh transplant to Rome after being in Hong Kong and China and New York for like her entire career. Uh, we have the global VP, VIP, sorry, the global VIP manager of Art Basel, Verona Zung. Thank you so much for joining us from, um, for the one time of the year, rainy San Diego. Thank you for having me. Um, incredible. So you just moved to Rome. Um, you have this incredible, you're learning Italian, you're learning tango. This is all exciting. Will you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself so they know why they're so lucky to have you in their uh, earpods this week? Well, I'm super excited to join this podcast. It's actually my first time. First time doing a podcast. <laughs> I know it's, um, I guess it's, you know, the new skill everyone probably learned um, during the COVID. Yes, um, I am. I'm freshly moved to Rome after 10 years of staying in Hong Kong, which is very exciting new change to me. Um, well, I moved not just for, for life. I mean, me and my partner, we are really uh, new located to Rome. But also um, I start to I work in this new position with Art Basel, the company I have been with for less than 10 years. Uh, a very new chapter, but also kind of, you know, still connect to the old part of my life um, in a brand new city. So lots of uh, um, adventure ahead of you. So exciting. I love it. I'm just really also looking forward to your food journey, uh, the gelato, oh, yes. <laughs> the espresso, the walking around on cobblestones. Uh, Rome is one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, I can't Definitely. Think. Oh, yeah. Incredible. All right, Verona, tell me, what are the learnings of COVID? I think I'm very interested in learning. I mean, what was the move like halfway around the world during COVID? Because I definitely know how that was for me. Um, and Balls of Miami just finished. So what was the learning there? We had just very, like five minutes ago, talked about how the team in Basel is a lot smaller than what people think it is. So when there is a fair that's on, actually the entire team flies to the city to go and put the fair up. So I'm very interested in knowing what are your learnings of COVID? Um, well, yes, Miami just finished like two weeks ago, 10, 10 days ago, and it was totally bustling. And um, I think people were, I think many of you can relate People are craving for this togetherness after so long. And, and that's why I think people were just very appreciating and, um, and I don't know, so like excitement level is naturally high, which, which is great for a fair. Um, and I think that the biggest, I think, successful element for that fair is um, people start to, I know even people say Florida, you know, people don't really care about COVID, but surprisingly, I mean, most of the audience, I would say like all of them are very respective of the rules that we set 
which is very essential for, you know, like international, like event art fair like this. We had over 60,000 audience, you know, of course, a global um, audience come to visit the show. And everyone was very respectful, you know, wearing the wristband that we have, that we offer, um, you know, to, to, to verify that they are as vaccinated or have a negative report. Uh, COVID report or, and also wear a mask at the fair. So people find this neutral. I think it just is a new world that we everyone seems to already uh, embrace embracing. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so like unlike I don't know. I saw I saw the other day in the UK. You know, also art events, major art events took place there. But people were not that respectful. So I was very, I'm very proud of uh, the uh, Florida crowd. And also, I mean, everyone attended our show. I have so many questions. Like, I want to know about the in-person experience versus sort of what that's like for the OVR. I feel like, you know, Mm. Basel's OVR is something that people talk about a lot and they refer to quite a lot. And also like how different it was from Miami to Basel. Cause I think that maybe Basel Basel had stricter guidelines because the EU is quite stringent on what mm. can and cannot be done um, because of COVID infrastructure. Um, Basel was, well, Basel is a, a smaller city um, than Miami. I think over the, the atmosphere there is more, how would you say, everyone are standing together. Well, of course, in Miami, we see people very respected rule in, in the, you know, around the other bottle in the tent, because otherwise we don't allow them to go in. Of course, on the street or in other restaurants you see, or in other institutions, people may not necessarily respect uh, the rule, which, which is kind of understandable, but Basel is very small. I mean, and even small is also a great that you see all the institutions united together and they respect the same rule, which I found amazing. Like even the, the transportation, even the restaurant. So I guess it's a very totally different mentality. Um, speaking of the COVID learning, it's been two years, <laughs> we were just saying. Um, and they have so many stages, you know, like at the beginning I found when we're fresh into COVID, of course, we feel very, I don't know, unsure and you want to, you don't want to, oh, I'm sitting silent, but what, what's happening outside? And you're so eager to know. Um, and I, I, found, I, now I think back, I, I think that during that time, at the early stage of COVID, I was very busy to try to find any information that I can find online or from the news from all channels. And we were also very busy like cooking for the next thing. How can we engage with our audience? Because we can't touch with them. Like we, we don't know what to deliver to them. Like we were all in a mist. Um, but I think after, it's already two years. Like I said, like people already had their learning curves. Um, people know how things are running, which I found is like, is a joint effort that super proud of. And also me, I 
just personally, I found much more calm down. Like, um, we, I mean, I, uh, I was very lucky in a team that we run two successful international shows. One was 80,000 people were attending, one is 60,000 people attending. And we um, pulled it through and was, everything was, yeah, kind of uh, running so smoothly, seamlessly. And I think that was, maybe that was the mindset, you know, from anxiety, super anxious about everything. And now quite calm. Like, I think that's the biggest learning curve I have. Just like, ah, I, I got it. Okay. I, yeah. yeah, I got it. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I, like, I, I want to go to the Hong Kong fair, but obviously nobody really knows what's happening because it's in March. Is it in March or is it in May? Is, it will be in March. Yeah. And I, I was also there. I was also there as well. So she knows everything, right? I so you literally it. now seen like globally the, the time scale of like how people have reacted differently and how countries and cities are responding to mass gatherings, basically. Like, I think that's the, I don't know if that's an yeah, accurate yeah. way of saying something. Yeah. Now we're thinking back on Hong Kong. Well, you know, in Asia, people are very respecting the rule. Um, and also, oh, I, one thing I really appreciate is people are so understanding. It's like maybe in normal days, because, you know, I'm, I mean, we're in event management. Of course, so many things were happening last minute and you, you worry like, you know, you, your, your client will be not so pleased with your professionalism or your, your in event planning in general. But um, I have encountered many, you know, like unexpected situation and people were so understanding. It's like, oh, you know, it, for example, you are, you're doing some online tour of suddenly your, your connection dropped and you, you know, like your audience just see your lips moving, but they don't hear the sound. And in normal days, something equivalent may, you know, let me like, you know, very anxious inside, always like, oh, like, uh, what I do. And the, at the, the first event, it happened to me, I did have a little bit panic. But then my colleagues on the on like you two, because we collaborating, right? Like I'm on the ground doing something and they are online and also like doing a host. And we we have a little rehearsal be, before that just for this scenario. But in in reality, it for example, I was out of touch for even longer than rehearsal. And they they collaborated so good. <laughs> and they totally covered for me, you know, that they just chatted along until I, I was back, which I was like, wow, this is like really everyone was leveled up. And of course, plus the understanding of the audience made everything like smooth. <laughs> I think that we were talking to um, Elise Barclay the other day, and she was saying that too. It's like this kind of nice side effect of all of the zooming and the online engagement and everything is that we kind of realize that we're all just humans and we have lives outside yeah. and things are fallible and internets go out and things glitch. And it's happened to all of us now because we've all had to engage so often. It's not a rare thing where yeah. we're doing something online. And so I think there is a little bit more grace and understanding about these kind of glitches if you will, it's like for lack of a better word. And I really like that. I really like that people are 
are engaging in that kind of like, oh, like understanding. Exactly. That's one of the good quality maybe COVID has brought up all in all of us. Yeah. Um, I'd love to also touch that because you mentioned uh, Erica and you guys were talking about how the, the Basel team's actually smaller than people would anticipate, which I think is kind of a blanket statement about most art institutional teams. <laughs> They're always smaller than you think they are. But I would love to ask, like, do you think that helped with like the pivoting and the adjusting because there weren't so many of you guys and you could really like, it was like an e- a closer team or do you think that impacted anything at all? How many were you, how many, what's the number in your mind? Like you in see- my mind, in my yeah. mind, there are 10,000 of you, but also probably <laughs> realistically like, I thought it was like hundreds. I actually thought it was hundreds when when someone told me it was like 60. But this was a really long time ago when this number was said to me. This was like probably when I first met you, Verona, maybe like seven, eight years ago. They were like, it's only a team of 60. And I was just like globally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, even if you divide that amongst three cities, that's like 30 people, a team, like managing an entire like that's very few people. I think I didn't count now. I think we are global three office. We have like close to 90 people. Of course, the business also expanded. You know, we also do a lot of online content. If you visit Adbazo, you can see editorial. Like we uh, put on like stories, not not surrounding the show. Yeah. Not surrounding the show, but for general. Um, so that's actually added a lot of people because, you know, people write, people need to, it's like doing a, like online mag- magazine, so yeah. to say. Um, um, if you call that a smaller team, then I don't know, um, maybe, yeah, compare with a lot of large corporations. Yes, but I think we're, we're probably the biggest, I don't know. Oh, definitely team. the largest art <laughs> No, but yeah. I think the, the global positioning of Art Basel and like the impact you have on the art world and society and contemporary mm. like thought, it, it's very, it's, the impact is huge. So it, it would make sense to think, oh my gosh, there's so many. And I think the only reason I actually got close in one of my guests was just because I have enough experience with like art teams <laughs> to know how big these things actually are. But um, over three, I mean, having 90 to a hundred people over of three major global mm-hmm. hub cities. That's not mm-hmm. a lot. That's not a lot of people. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a nice, but it's a good sized team. I mean, but it's nice to have probably you get a nice uh, array of experience and input and, and thought uh, perspectives mm-hmm. to help you guys pivot, but it's tight enough that you're not, you're just not just like loosey goosey with like 75 people in an office trying to, you know, herd some kittens. Mm. Mm. But I think one thing I do appreciate even um, this large, well, I would say 80, per, 80 people. Well, I think really the people who only work, you know, focus on the local show would be the operations, but all the rest of the team, like a sponsorship team, um, um, VIP team, I mean, the VIP team and also gallery team, uh, marketing team, we all work globally. It's like no matter which office you are, you are, you, when you finish a Hong Kong show, it, you're, you're, it's like almost immediately you jump to the next show. And no matter where you are, because we want to, uh, first is all, we want to put, every show is facing international audience, right? And um, 
Um, so for American show, even our Hong Kong team will be very busy of um, marketing the show in, in Mandarin, for example, in, in Chinese and um, vice versa. When Hong Kong show, we need to branch out and we want to promote to in international audience. So that's something I really appreciate for this organization is like, um, it's very, it's very global operation and you collaborate with your your office from always from um, the other two office and they that means you get the team will get like three shows in a year that means a lot of the time for you to get trained that you get a lot of trained and uh, of course many things you can can put in use your experience get from the Hong Kong show you can put in the Basel show and Plus the local content, that's, make, that's making the job quite very dynamic. And um, I know the workload is a lot as well, but also rewarding as well. Yeah, I, I've said this before guys, and I'm gonna say it again over and over and over again, but I love it whenever we have somebody on and they reinforce the things that we've discussed prior, which is how, you know, workloads and learning on the job and being, you know, dynamic environments where things are changing and you're adjusting. And that's part of the reason we love working in the arts because it is exciting. I mean, it is, it is but I yeah. also like the idea of like three art fairs, like if you, when you said it, when you said three fairs a year, my mind like melted a little bit because I realized like how much work that actually is. I mean, I know you guys have the infrastructure and the teams and the relationships existing. It's not like you're putting three things on from scratch, but still you're talking about major, major international events with international clientele of like the highest caliber <laughs> and, you know, of, like with incredible standards and taste. And it's really, it's really exciting to think about. And I can't imagine, cause it is, it's like once one's done, it's, hit the ground running onto the next because you only have so much time. Um, mm -hmm. So and the that's Yeah. And many times you, of course, you need to plan things already one year in advance. So, so there's some point you need to work on three shows like simultaneously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All those deadlines. That is an exercise in multitasking. Um, and I, it's, but it's incredible. That's how, I don't know, I, I guess because I've just been a little bit, I've been like extra busy with like four different projects happening while trying to run just like one exhibition with just two artists. I mean, it's just me, but still I've just been like, oh my gosh, well maybe next week's going to be less. <laughs> no, yeah. no, less, next week's not less. There is no less. It always just keeps yeah. going. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but That's I think why, like yeah. what I hear is that there's a lot of resilience mm -hmm. in the team and there's a lot of teamwork and collaboration. So, mm -hmm. you know, even if the team is 20, 30 people, like let's just divide that evenly, something like that. Like, and you know, then you've got departments, right? So each department doesn't really have a lot of people, but everyone works together for the same goal. Like you have the same finish line, the same goal in sight to get this up. And, yeah. and like from what I can hear, because the team therefore is very close because you're constantly working on the shows together. You're like literally year round, especially because things were postponed and then they were like canceled and then they were like back up and then you have to go and strategize for a new thing. And then you have to go and do this. And it's just like, you know, every team mm -hmm. has to respond 
and has to be resilient in order for something, you know, like you don't do things on your own. It doesn't magically happen from one day. I mean, I wish it did, but in like reality, it doesn't, right? Like there's so much teamwork. There's so much planning. And I think this is one of the things that when people think of the art industry, it's like this idea of the lone genius doing things on their own. There's nobody else and you're an island. But like, quite frankly, that's just, it's not true. You've got so many people helping you, the system in order for it to exist. Mm -hmm. So I think like what I hear over and over again with you saying that it's that you have this wonderful team who, you know, when things are delayed, I'm sure like, it's not as calm as like, great, it's been delayed. It's okay. I'm sure like there's many emails going back and forth. It's like, okay, so now we need to do this. And now we need to go and do this. And like, this is the insurance policy. Like this is blah, blah, blah. And like, there's so much that has happened that, you know, like no one even really thinks about because it's not their problem, right? It's the organization's problem that they're therefore all of a sudden, now, you know, when money comes into play, nobody thinks it's funny anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not right. Like, cause now the insurance is like, what are you going to do? Like now people have paid for their boots and now they have to go and do this. And now that like, what, what are you going to do? Like, cause you're a business and you know, as unsexy as that sounds, it's true, right? You've got the manpower to go and make, I have no idea where I'm going with this tangent, but like, I just, this is what I hear when you're saying that, like, I'm working with a bunch of people who all have the same goal in mind and we're resilient because we have to be, if not, mm-hmm. then like, what are we going to do? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Well, definitely, like, especially at Basel, we are literally one platform, you know, it's like we are, um, how do, do I describe our uh, vision is we provide a um, platform and then can um, let every part of the art ecosystem, like, have a sustainable growth. So, so even uh, not... Um, um, in addition, of course, at Basel need to be a very oiled uh, running machine. And of, we have so many stakeholders um, that we in touch like year round. And, you know, like, for example, in one year circle of at Basel, there will be like over 700 galleries, right? Talking to, talking to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, one, maybe one, one element get change it has a ripple ripple effect yeah um so and someone has to receive these emails unfortunately right someone's reading these emails and thinking oh my god yeah yeah so you need really need to um like train yourself to think in a very big picture like to of course that will be what our leaders do but of course for you to work for me to work in this organization, that's one thing that I am um, very aware to train myself. And also I work in a global team and also we also have 30 uh, representatives around the globe. And they are constantly talking to the clients, you know, like you need to know like one message, how do I deliver to the Middle East, to, uh, to, to, to India, you know, like, um, there's also our, our, uh, under the same parent ground, uh, parent brand, we have design Miami. We have, we have stake in the masterpiece London. Um, yeah, there are a lot of things to, uh, putting the strap here. 
You know what I love about the way you're talking about this, and I think it's probably one of the reasons why Art Basel has such staying power, is that y'all understand that these different markets, these different people, audiences, oh, yeah. or mm-hmm. masterpiece versus design, you know, we're not just trying to do one blanket thing, one size fits all. You understand that people are going to need, different audiences have different requirements, different interests, mm-hmm. And you're catering to that specifically. You're not trying to force mm. people into, you're not trying to force masterpiece people into <laughs> design Miami. You're not trying to force, you know, this audience into this box. And I think that kind of catering and understanding mm. of your audience and your and your vendors and your marketing, you know, your mm-hmm. ad buyers, all of those people, that probably really that, that's very attractive, I would think. Yeah. I think. A pro I would say um I know like what I did just describe, we are like one central machine that's running probably similar format in the different industry continents. But I think what make Advazo very strong is we also very conscious of refining the touches, you know, the, the touches pointing every small communities where locals and um, yeah, like I just said, we have 30 representative around the globe and each one of them is very hand-picked, like we say, influential figure in their own community, which are our, I would say, um, very profound um, source of knowledge of like keep us really in the, in the temple, like knowing what's happening, what's the current there. Yeah. Right. Um, what do you guys have going like forward that you're like, is there anything like new coming up that you're really excited about or something new that y'all have implemented with these OVRs? I mean, you mentioned the, you've been producing more content, which I've been noticing. And I think has been really um, exciting and the quality has been very good. But um, is there anything else like coming up that's exciting? Any pivots that y'all have made or are making? You're sure? Like I, I personally feel like our OVR can a lot of, there are a lot of rooms to improve. Of course, yeah. like, um, I think that, well, it's not my scope, but I know our, our digital team, which is actually become a very major focus, even just before, before the COVID thing comes along, um, it's become a very, is it become independent department, um, and has its own director, even though we are now looking for, I think, digital director, um, but incorporating all those new equipment learnings and, in our platform and also as well as educating the galleries to do that or or even learning from the galleries because oh my, some, I didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> because the, some sometimes gallery are ahead of us you know like they yeah. build their online viewing room like so incorporating all those 3d um um effect or like how to display the details or artworks online um I think it's a, it's a very, it's a constant and mutual learning experience. And also we have, we are putting on, for example, Miami, we have this new NFT sponsor, Tezos, and they were totally hit in Miami. And yeah, one, like, like I said, it's a platform. We need to constantly, constantly absorbing um, new partners. We know who we need to be aligned with. Um, in those new new area yeah that's really exciting yeah i mean i think everyone's struggling with the ovr but i do like the 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 custom content you guys have been putting up so what do you think that like if you want to have a different life for the next like the next 
I don't have a better word than leg of like the OVR that will happen in March. So that's the new, well, it's not a new season, but you know, that's the new year, I guess. Um, what, do you, what do you think that there's going to be something that is different from this previous OVR? I think this one thing art puzzle we are constantly um, try to learn and to innovate is how to make, because now, I mean, in some, in communities, I mean, in, in for example, in Europe and America, maybe things are, I mean, fluctuating, but the factual, the physical world is coming back. And of course, um, having a physical show is still the core of our puzzle. Um, while also embrace, embracing online content because we have we we have really like endless even statistics to support us the people who may never will travel to Hong Kong show you know from from Europe or from Americas or vice versa um, they would visit our for example Hong Kong OVR we have audience who would never been to Hong Kong but just generally uh, interest in Asia art. Um, so one thing is we want to use the online content to, to really attract new audience, which our physical show would, would normally not attract, but also reinforcing our physical show as a core for, um, for how do I say, center point. That's something we need to, and we are not, we're not really hiring new people. <laughs> so we can actually, um, we, we need to do like both, kind learn how to do both with both hands with equal force. <laughs> More hats. Everyone's yeah, but it sounds like you guys have like teamwork, you know, it seems like if there's anything that team, even if you, and it's so interesting when you work for a company or like when you're trying to go and teach someone, it's like you got to work with other people, even if you don't like them. Sometimes yeah. it's actually not about whether you like them or not. It's just like, you just get, need to get it done. And then it would be nice if everybody got on, but like, truthfully, that doesn't happen. You know, especially when things are stressful. Oh my God, especially, I'm sure like a week before the show goes up, I'm sure nobody's actually friends with anyone because everyone's so stressed out. And then, you know, you get it done and you're just like, okay, moving on and then like the thing is up and then like you might get a second to breathe and then you're like great on to the next one now and so mm. I think it's like well how's your mental health I guess that's I don't know if that's like way very far but how's your mental health um you know my I personally pick up because I just well, personally I felt that there's too much content online and I have been forcing myself to have more exposure to nature like yeah, I think that helped me a lot, and also just more, more look, um, more uh, look towards within. With like you do meditation or you read, and you actually think what what's most what's most important for you. For example, re reprioritize. I would say, yeah, um, yeah, nature, family. Think I out of the work, I really try to distance myself from, from online content. That's my maybe secret for my own mental health. <laughs> no, that's so smart. Just, just turn it off, guys. Uh, I have to do the same thing. Um, I'm not very good at it. You're probably better at it than I am, but I try. I try to turn it off, and then, um, then I get back on TikTok. Oh, 
but don't you feel guilty because like I don't know don't you aren't you for me I'm just like oh my god what if I missed this email I feel like there's this guilt of not responding I don't know if this is an Asia thing I think because in Asia you pick up your phone and you respond to emails and you respond to phone calls immediately like because you always feel like there's this repercussion if you don't people are like why didn't you pick up why didn't you respond to my email in like two seconds I feel like that's really brainwashed me. The capitalism Probably, is strong in this one. Yeah, like I said before, you may maybe that's one maybe general concept I picked up when I moved to Italy. It's like you need to respect other people's pace and also establish your own pace. Because once you establish, people will respect that. You know, it's like I set my boundary, don't don't do that to me and you they will not expect this from you it's like you don't indulge them falling into that um but and um, do we do we have time sure oh okay i want to share uh, one example that i found very inspiring Please. um during covid about this look within you know this respect is um, maybe not as um mundane like you know we cut off um, the day they stop looking at phones and don't don't connect with outside. Um, but um, uh, I have this colleague, and she is our representative for, for Italy. So when I move to Rome, of course she will be like, you no, know, um, be con- uh, very good contact to to connect with Rome society. Um, and also I, I have been working with her. I mean, when I was in Hong Kong, I've been working with her for more than five years. And then, and she has done something incredible during the COVID time. You know, Rome has been a very busy city. It's like so many in, um, how to say, intersections, you know, like people come and go and never, you have the time that you are in one place and you look, what's what's around you probably i would say describe that mental status and then she has been a, of course some cosmopolitan and even though she's based in rome but she's constantly traveling and then during covid time she couldn't travel to anywhere um and then she used those two years and she fin- just finished a book which is only um interviewing um 56 uh, artists in Rome because they are stuck in Rome as well and she is like went to each studio and documenting what are you doing like what do you do you know during COVID time you know going anywhere it's very rare you have so many local artists in Rome at one time yeah. <laughs> really took and, advantage yeah and so she started doing that and then um, that's a great example to look within, that. you know, you just connect with your own community, like the local people who you can outreach, like forget the outside world and just do this. Yeah. Amazing. Good for her. That's exciting. I want that book. So Verona, as you're saying, <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> so Verona, as you were saying before, the connecting with nature, reading, like looking inward, what are you reading, watching, or listening to? Um, 
what have you done? Oh, I start looking at <laughs> astrology book. Ooh, Why does that sound your so sign? similar to Deborah? <laughs> like every time I look at her Instagram. Oh, you interviewed you interviewed Deborah. I really wanted to because she was doing all these astrology things with like artists, and I was like, "That's so interesting." Oh, she was yeah. like, "No, I, I like, I'm, I'm very nervous," and I was like, "Come, like, I think it's so interesting to have you that." You definitely, you definitely need to interview her. I, I, I will, I will meet her because now she's in San Diego, so we'll meet probably for brunch. Tell um, her, you, but, but you peer pressure from all sides. I texted no, no, her. I will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but you know, she's she's a very busy as astrologer. I know. And, yeah, and I love uh, it when she picks things apart on Instagram, and I'm like, fascinating. Tell me about these signs and like these artists and like how things cross paths or don't. Yeah, she has the one of the really amazing paths. You know, like self self development or, or professional development just really um, amazed me. Um, well, for your Alex, for your information, um, Deborah is my first boss when I first joined at Basel, when I was still an intern, you know, entering name cards for <laughs> at Basel. That's how I started. Um, and that's then how I met boss. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Uh, doing other data entry, you know, building the database yeah. <laughs> for at Basel. Um, and then she left at Basel and joined UBS collection as a mm. collection manager. Oh, wow. um, um, and then uh, she left and then started doing all other cultural events either in Thailand, well, well I know in Thailand, uh, maybe in Hong Kong as well. And now she's, she probably will also, she still can continue the uh, consultancy for that cultural event in, uh, in Thailand. Um, um, but also she started to become a professional astrologer. Incredible. I love it. I'm going to, you guys cool. are going to have to put that. Uh, I'm going to follow her on Instagram. So wait, so you're now in the astrology. What is your sign? Um, guess. <laughs> I don't know. I um, only know mine. <laughs> I'm like Taurus. I'm Scorpio. I'm Scorpio. Scorpio. Ooh, you get the little stinger. I'm a crab. <laughs> I'm cancer. We, I think we get along. Well, yeah. we are both signs are very good with looking inwards. Yes. I get along with Scorpios very well. I have a lot of... What's your? Sagittarius. Ooh. Oh, I'm a rising Sagittarius. So nice. <laughs> I'm, is... I'm, on my, I'm on my way to become Sagittarius. <laughs> come come oh, to the archer side. Get into it. Incredible. Um, Verona, thank you so much again for joining us. If our uh, listeners were so inclined to find you on the gram or Twitter or website, what's the best way for them to follow you and keep updated with uh, your wonderful, incredible life? Okay. I try to post less on Instagram. That's one, another mental, I would say, um, thing to keep my mental health, um, mentally sane because I remember that when I was in, um, you know, Rome, very beautiful. And there was one moment I was like, oh, I need to take a picture and post on Instagram. And then the second later, I was like, fuck, it, oh, sorry. <laughs> so the effort, no like, I should, I should just enjoy this moment rather than be bothered by, you know, IG stories, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, well, okay, sorry, <laughs> side story. Um, yeah, so you can find me a uh, Verona Zeng, which is just Verona Zeng with uh, my 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 Instagram. That's incredible. I'll put all that uh, down there in the blurby. Uh, and uh, thank you again. If you guys are on listening to this on Apple Podcasts, we could like and review. That would help anything to juice the algorithm. Um, and again, I'm Alexis Hyde, hide or die everywhere. I'm Erica Wong. You can find me at To Practice Practice. Well, next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you, too.